Well, if you've um, made it this far uh, without not yet having the talk with your parents, or you've not paid attention in your PE theory lessons, then that Bible reading probably just passed you by. But I imagine most of us heard it and thought, virgin birth? You're right, Mr. Tyndall, you are dreaming. Which is probably what Mary and Joseph first thought as well. But the virgin birth of Jesus made it into this famous Apostles' Creed. And it actually beat out a whole lot of other stuff about Jesus that we might consider more important. The line of the creed that we're considering today is this. It is, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. And then the next line, which we'll look at next time, says, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried, and he descended to the dead. So the Apostles' Creed skips over all of Jesus' teachings, his miracles, his prophecies. It just goes virgin birth, crucifixion, death. And so the part of Jesus' life that I suppose remains enduringly popular in our society, things like his peaceful ethic, his love of neighbour, his care of the sick and the poor and the dying, none of that is in the Apostles' Creed. And so you could assume that maybe Christians don't think Jesus' teaching is really that important to believe in. I mean, more often than not, Christians seem to make the headlines for very obviously disobeying Jesus' teachings, don't they? Now, I hope you know that I think that Jesus' teachings are crucial for the Christian. After all, we spent all of last year learning from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. I believe that Jesus' teaching is important, and with his help... I try to live it out every day. But the Apostles' Creed is right. I can't believe in Jesus' teaching apart from first believing in his virgin birth and his death and resurrection. The virgin birth is a necessity. It is not an optional extra. See, the virgin birth shows us three things. It shows us that God's word fulfills what is old, starts something new, and is always true. And they're things that I'm not embarrassed about. First, God's word fulfills what is old. It is, it is true that the virgin birth of Jesus is a once-in-history event. But the idea of a virgin birth actually came from a much earlier prophecy several hundred years before that Christmas night. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, he had said that a young maiden would conceive and give birth to a son. And then after that, events would unfold that would turn everything upside down, that would change the maps of empires and rulers forever. And that happened those 400 years earlier in the days of Isaiah. Kingdoms did rise and fall. People were scattered everywhere. So when the Virgin Mary is told by the angel Gabriel that she will fall pregnant, we are told that this was happening to fulfill those words to Isaiah. Except the birth of Jesus would not just fulfill Isaiah's prophecy. It would fill it full to overflowing in a way that Isaiah could never have imagined. That starry night in the stable was the start of a revolution, making words of old a truth that we still see unfold. Because the virgin birth was starting something new, and that's the second thing we learn from it. 
Listen again to what the angel Gabriel said to Mary from our reading. He said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The language of the Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary is a bit strange, but it calls to mind the very beginning of creation in Genesis chapter 1, when we're told there that the Spirit of God hovered over the waters or overshadowed the waters. And then at God's word, he said, let there be light, and kicked off the creation of the heavens and the earth. That was God's remarkable intervention, the something from nothing that we talked about last week. And so when God overshadowed Mary's womb, he was another remarkable break with the reality that we had known up until that point. God was hovering over Mary, starting a new creation in and through the birth of Jesus. The point of the virgin birth is not about Jesus being conceived apart from sex, as if sex was a bad thing. No, the point is that the virgin birth is such a radical departure from our natural reality that it had to be the work of God the Creator. It is not something we can do within nature. It's not natural. It is supernatural. The Creed says that Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit because Jesus' life His teachings, his miracles, his death, his resurrection, they were all led and powered by the Holy Spirit. They were supernatural. Jesus, the baby, the boy, the man, he was bursting with the Holy Spirit because he is the Son of God, as Mary was told by the angel. Now, that's not the normal uh, creation pattern that brings babies into our world. This was a new creation from the power of God. The angel Gabriel put it best in our reading. He said, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, the last thing the virgin birth points to is the truth of God's word. Yes, of course, uh, Jesus is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, as the Creed says. But it also says that he is born of Mary. And Mary was a real person in time and space in history. And Mary was really connected to the real history of God's people, a real nation, the people of Israel. And the people of Israel, well, they were used to some strange babies in their family history. Abraham and Sarah, if you remember from Year 7 Christian Studies, they had a baby boy named Isaac in their 90s. That is unusual. There is no birthing suite at Settlers Village. Baby Moses... He was immediately floated down the Nile River to be rescued and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Even Baron Hannah, who we looked at a couple of years ago in chapel, she gave birth to a long-awaited boy, Samuel, only to then give him away to the Lord at the temple. Now, all of these remarkable births led to remarkable babies, Isaac, Moses, Samuel, and they all led God's people and they continued their journey throughout history towards the final rescue into the kingdom of God. But now, the most remarkable of births and babies is here. Jesus, born of the Virgin, the Son of God, wrapped in human flesh. He enters human history so that we can now be created anew 
and enter into the kingdom of God. See, this is why Jesus' teaching actually matters, even though it's not in the creed. Because he is the one who not only teaches us how to truly live, but he truly lives that teaching for us so that we can overcome our disobedience to God's word. Now, as the centuries have rolled on, our society has skipped over Jesus' virgin birth. But we have held on to his teaching, even if we don't give him the credit for it anymore. We've naturally found Jesus' way of life super. And we've made it natural for us to kind of live like him. But we won't ever truly live like him until we embrace the supernatural. The core of Christianity is supernatural. And while talking about virgin births might be a bit wacky, I'm not embarrassed about it. In fact, I cherish it. Because it's the moment that once again in love, God intervened into our world to do the impossible for us. He broke with the norm, causing a storm. God in our form, our death he'd perform, our lives he'll transform. So of God's love, we can be sure. 